friends, welcome to the Ransom Heart Podcast. Tuning in to actually part two of a conversation with Alex and Sam and Blaine, John, here. We're back, all of us, from different places, uh, bow hunting elk in Colorado this last week. But as I explained, this is not a hunting podcast. This is, we are discovering things out there that are immensely relevant to wholeheartedness and to our hour and to the things that souls are enduring right now in what we would call normal life that we just kind of want to share and say, hey, guess what we just discovered, folks? You know, and here's what we're learning. So that's the spirit of this. And if you haven't listened to part one, you might want to do that and pick up here with part two. So I think it was the second evening we were out and we had so blasted ourselves. So the first day, it's get up in the dark, climb this really steep bluff behind the cabin, hike, and then sit in glass as dawn is coming. You're listening for bugling elk, and you're looking you know, across nature and these valleys and stuff for elk, and nothing, nothing, nothing. And a lot of it's nothing. You know, it's, A lot of it's just sitting. And, and then we see one. We do see an elk. See this last elk slipping into these aspens on the base of a mountain across the valley from us. And it is two miles to get there to this thing. And so the next four hours is this incredibly exhausting story of getting there and getting through the woods and getting really close and having this incredible encounter and the wind shifting on it and blowing us. And anyway, the whole day ends up being exhilarating and exhausting. So now it's day two and we do the same thing again the next morning and we are really exhausted. And so I said to Blaine, Blaine and I who were hunting this last weekend and so we, we need a recovery evening. Like, we can't do that to ourselves. If we do that again, our Saturday and Sunday are gone. We might as well just go home now because we will be blown out. So we've got a timeout, timeout, recovery evening. So we chose a simpler hunt where we could kind of drive to this trailhead, and it was a fairly easy walk-in, and we're just going to go be in the woods. And it starts raining. And the aspens are golden, and the sun is going down. It's raining over this valley. And two things are taking place. Objectively, what is taking place out there, I took a video of to show Stacy because it was so beautiful. It's almost heartaching how beautiful it is. But internally, I am so irritated <laughs> because it's raining. And this was not the plan. And, and I, yes, I actually do have a rain shell with me, but I have rain pants and my feet are already soaked and I just want to go home. I just want to go get warm and get out of here. And I was really amazed at how quickly I use comfort when that is actually not what my soul needs. It's like a default switch. I think the world is really wired for comfort. So I'm going to put my cards on the table. I'm driving back through suburbia after this wonderful wilderness experience that we had for four days. And, and I'm looking at suburbia and going, this is soul killing. And that's why there's a Starbucks on every corner. Because now we're just using comfort instead of life and restoration and wholeheartedness. Those things don't seem available. And life is busy and maddening and full of responsibilities and, you know, all the things we named in the first episode of this. And so, oh, that's what we're doing. We are actually incredibly disappointed. And that's why we eat, we drink, 
we binge watch our favorite show when the fall season releases and we watch every single episode, right? Like, oh, that's what's going on here. This actually isn't nourishment, sustenance, soul care, wellness. Ah, now I get it. I'm medicating. So I'm up in the mountains and we're in this valley and it's raining and the sun's going down. And I say to myself, you actually love this. Like, this is so incredible. And you don't get to do this except once a year. Like, stay out here. Enjoy this. And it was a wonderful evening. I just think of somewhere where C.S. Lewis is convinced that there will be a pain of a kind in the coming kingdom where he goes, there is a kind of satisfaction that is built into things that are hard, like the way your legs feel after a monster day hike and you're lying in bed. And he goes, isn't there something rich and wonderful in, in that ache? And just to go, oh, man, we are made for a wild and demanding environment. Because I had, I had the same thing where, you know, my hands, my feet get cold and— what I think would be better would be to be comfortable. And yet I am learning through multiple experiences. Oh, not really. You will actually like a life more. And this isn't some kind of suffering is vital for the formation of human beings. This isn't pain is good. Because <laughs> I'm not actually talking about suffering. I'm talking about wet feet. Yeah. And just going mild discomfort, mild yeah. discomfort, what you could even just call demand, but go living inside demands on your physical experience is actually good for you. Why do you go? Why do you go? What do you find out there? What, what is it that nature does for you that nothing else quite imitates? For me, what... Blaine was describing earlier, it does put a certain amount of demand on you physically and mentally and emotionally, and just that being uncomfortable and disrupted by that. What I feel like it does that I really appreciate after the fact, because sometimes I don't appreciate it in the moment, when you're feeling cold, when you're feeling wet, when you're mm -hmm. feeling these things but it brings an awareness. Like I'm aware of my body, like aware of how it feels. Mm. Most days I go through the day and I just don't even have a clue because I'm so distracted. Like we were talking about in the first podcast, like our lives are so distracted because there's just so many inputs coming in. But mm -hmm. when you get out into nature and, and wilderness and, and get to that place of simplicity and Oh, I can hear the birds. The birds are chirping. Like you start having awareness yes. and of your surrounding, of how you're feeling, of your body, of your mind, mm -hmm. of your emotions. And um, it just kind of brings you back down, I guess is the best way to say it. It brings you back to to reality mm -hmm. and, and being aware of yourself and where you are, how you're doing. And... Uh, as you were talking about earlier, Blaine, like I, I love that feeling of just being sore and going, oh yeah, I forgot I had that muscle. Like I haven't used that one in a long time. Your right leg. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> and his left one too. Yeah. And uh, oh yeah. man, my, my rear end hurts after this trip. 
but it's good. It's a good feeling. Yeah, Alex, as you're talking, I'm thinking of like a, a lot of the reasons we go to the woods are, are to be bringing things back and to like have a way of being the 99% of the rest of the year. And that slowness, that presence, like it makes me think of how many times I've heard people describe there's a certain kind of person you can sit with who is fully present to you, who's looking you in the eye and you feel very seen by them. You mm. feel very like they they were there in that moment. Mm. And it's rare because the compliment reveals how rare it is. Yeah. That people will be like, oh, that person, they just have yes. like they they just feel like they're in the room with you. Yeah. And you kind of go, oh my gosh, the rest of us aren't in the room with you yeah. while we're in the room. And like yeah. that's one of the reasons for me. And, and yeah. other things do it too, like road biking, going for hikes. Mm. They, they put the blinders on and they actually like limit the world to just a little thing, just what's in front of me for a while, which causes like all of those fragmented places to just have to die and stop. Yeah. So that when I'm back in the 99% of the rest of my life, mm. I can actually be more like that person that's present and mm-hmm. here's the birds. Yes. But it also is present to my work, my kids, my family, my like, mm. oh, man. No, that's really huge. Uh, I actually hadn't named that for myself, but that's huge because we believe that the gift of presence yeah. is one of the greatest gifts that we give one another. That when you ask somebody, hey, man, how was your weekend? Like, you actually mean the question yes. and you intend to listen carefully with curiosity to the answer, mm-hmm. you know, and, and on and on it goes. When someone is sharing with you a joy, you can enter into their joy, and when someone, right, you yeah. weep with those who weep and rejoice with those who rejoice. Right? You are present to your world, and the distraction and the pace and the numbness and the comforts really deaden that in me and being in the woods now that, you, you know, because, like, when you're elk hunting, you have to be very, very aware of what is the wind doing what is the sun and the weather doing and about to do? What are the animals in the woods doing? And not just the elk. You have to pay attention to the entire forest. Why is the forest silent right now? Did you just hear that? The whole forest just went silent. Why? Are they aware of your presence? Are you an intruder? Like, like you, you just have to be so much more present. And it's this wonderful exercise, yes. right? Training exercise. I, I would say you don't have to be present. <laughs> You just won't have a good time. <laughs> exactly. And you won't catch anything. Yeah, yeah. You're not going to see anything ever, including the remarkable things that you see out there. You know, we spent 10 minutes watching this golden eagle, and, and it, he was chasing this buzzard off, and it was fabulous. Mm. It's just, like, so amazing to watch this young golden eagle and master of the sky. And you know, You'll miss all that if you're not present. And then, and then having been trained— in some presence, then you can come back into your world and choose less distraction and choose a little more presence, right? Yeah. One of my favorite times during this trip was when we were up glassing. I think I was describing that in the first podcast, but we were up glassing this hillside, and there were just a couple of moments where like, I felt so present and just closed my eyes, and the sun's right there, like right on my face. And we had some pretty 
terrible winds during <laughs> during oh, the trip. Gosh. But this where but, we were too, it yeah, was howling. Yeah. yeah. Oh man, we had some crazy nights with that. But but this was a moment of like light winds. And so to just close my eyes and feel the sun on my face mm. and feel the wind blow over my face. And and the fruit of that was, and I didn't put it together until we we're having this conversation right now, but this morning I took a little bit of extra time at home because Mel and I had not connected since I got back. And, and we're sitting around the kitchen island and had this beautiful conversation. And it was similar to the pause of like, soak in the sun and I just mm. soaked in my wife mm. for a little bit of what's going on with her and and I was present to her and and I I think I would have missed that had I not been in a soul space mm. from having been on the hunt mm. of being a little more present being a little more attuned to oh I want to I want to know what's going on with her I want to exactly. feel what's Right? happening with this woman I love and yep. cherish and so yeah okay the breeze thing the breeze on your face yeah. okay can I ask you guys do you um those moments where you're dialed in presence of God still enough inside that this is not this entire chatter universe inside of you that's quieter and there's a good moment with God and it might be an exchange or, you know, you might be singing softly or with something. So there's some good moment. I love you, God. And the breeze at that moment shifts mm -hmm. and just washes your face. You just get caressed. Have you had those? Oh, yeah. Those are exquisite moments. Yeah. Very simple. Yeah. Very wonderful. Only available if I have calmed and quieted my soul. So transitions, here's a little shout out listeners. I wrote a book about these things and it's coming out in February. And one of the graces that I'm trying to restore to our lives, very simple things that are available to us, it's just the grace of transition, allowing transition from one thing to the next. Because one of the things that's so brutal on the soul in the modern world is we literally expect people to go from a tender moment comforting their child who's off, you know, to school in the morning and isn't feeling good about that. But the next one, you, you are in your car on your phone with your insurance agent in an angry negotiation about, you know, a settlement. But you've got to set that call down because your sister's calling and needs to talk to you about your mom and dad's memory care unit and like the the multiple gear changes that we consider absolutely normal and that we force our soul through in a day and then it's lunch with a friend and and somebody you really enjoy and it's laughter and stuff but then you walk back in the building and now it's crisis and and crisis management and the adrenaline and the cortisol's back up and you know you see what i'm saying yeah. like these these multiple gear changes in a single day that we consider to be normal are brutal on the human soul. And quite often, we just simply don't allow ourselves transition. So talk to me about coming back. You're in the woods. You've settled down. Um, there's been nature. There's been beauty. There's been God. 
there's been discomfort and irritation and all, unsettledness, all of it, you know. But you got, you got some soul care. You received some goodness through the experience. And you are coming back into your world. Describe that. Seamless. <laughs> <laughs> so easy. So, so good. I, I just compared with, I don't even normally watch the Super Bowl, but I did not this year, but the year before, because it's super fun. But if you don't watch a lot of broadcast television, and then you watch the Super Bowl, and you you get hit with, this is what television is? This is what advertising is? And you're just being thrown into the ice-cold water of, wow, this is insane, intolerable. The worst moment of coming back from hunting is we're usually out of food or we need gas and we have to stop at a gas station or a restaurant or a grocery store. Mm. And there's just this inevitable, immediate, this swift entrance into this is what's normal. This is the kind of music people expect to be playing in here. <laughs> These are the kinds of conversations you expect over here. These are the kind of expressions that are normal to see on human faces. That's actually one of the worst parts is going in and just seeing mm -hmm. how utterly emaciated the selves of these people are going, oh my gosh, you don't look like an elk. Not just in sort of the physiological sense. The elk is doing what it's made to do. Something else has happened to you that feels violent. Mm -hmm. <laughs> we made the same mistake <laughs> coming back from our trip. We, Of course, you come out of the woods and you're like, I need some good food, I'm right? ravenous. I'm yeah, done with some, nuts and berries. Yeah, I'm ready to eat something other than trail mix. And so we, you know, we look up a great place on the way home and, you know, taco joint. Like, oh, man, we're going to eat some good tacos. And exactly what you're talking about. We actually had this conversation. So JD and I and another friend that came on the hunt a little bit later into it. And we're sitting around and we're like, do you just feel like an alien right now? Like, this just feels foreign. Like, the music. And everybody's so, it doesn't actually look like humanity. Yes. Something's gone wrong, as you're saying. Yeah. What we consider normal is really rather shocking. Yep. When you've been able to detox a little bit from it, and I mean, we're talking four days, gang, this like a little bit yeah. of detox. So I had 48 hours of detox, and my reentry was to family because I was able to dodge humanity as a, a skill I've been practicing for quite some time. <laughs> I knew that you're not dodging humanity, you're dodging civilization, yeah, yeah, right. whatever you want to call that, the modern world. Here's what I was aware of. I got back, and the first thing out of my mouth was, I need more. I, I need more space. I need more. I need, I need another round. Mm. I, need, I need more mm. soul care. Like it, it was good, and I think it revealed that I don't want soul care to be like a lifelong rhythm. On some level... I want it to be like my cappuccino. I want to find it. I want to have it encapsulated and I want it to be immediate and consumable. Like I I, I genuinely if soul care could be like efficient. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 
soul care is so inefficient that I came <laughs> back and I was like, crap. And it actually did a little bit of damage to my family because they were like, hey, we we missed you. Did you miss us? You miss you. First thing is you need to leave again for some more time this afternoon. Uh, we've been kind of like sacrificing for you to go. Yeah. And can't you be like strut through the door like, here I am back up to 100%. I am all topped off. I was like, well, I think eh, if that was a goal, maybe it was a mistake because it revealed that I need more. Yeah. It revealed that there's more work to be done. And it revealed yeah. that like, yeah. I want the efficient soul care. Where is that? Who can? Who's selling that? I yeah. know it's not oh, alcohol, but I'm pretty sure <laughs> we it's would make gajillion. It's caffeine. And I keep or looking. It's some, or it's something. Yeah. Right. Oh, buddy, mercy too. <laughs> like to look at the stage of life that you're in. Yeah. The little kids. You've got a lot. So 48 hours. Of course. Buddy, you need more than that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But like, okay, wait, wait. When you yeah. guys, Dad and Alex, and you came back, different season. Did you walk back to the door? You're like, "Yep, I'm all good till next year. I don't need anything. I don't need any other soul care. I'm all good." Oh, not till next year. <laughs> Heck no. Yeah, this was your second bow hunt of the season. So yeah, clearly, you came know. back two weeks ago, extra. and you were yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I was actually something on the level of panic. Yeah, actually. The transition, so it's a four-hour drive, and or it's a four-and-a-half-hour to five-hour drive if you take this other road. And we quickly looked at, you know, Google Maps, Denver traffic, the Aspens are changing, and everybody from Denver apparently knew that. It's a Colorado holiday. Yeah, it's a Colorado thing. And so everybody was out to see the fall colors, and the, you know, Google Map thing was red all the way back to Denver. Mm -hmm. and but we had been praying about transition. Like as soon as we pulled out of the woods, I said, Jesus, help, uh, give us transition. So here's the idea, just asking for the grace of transition. You know, as I leave this stressful meeting and before I walk in the door at home, I ask for the grace of transition, just some moments, just, just to allow your soul to make the gear shifts, right? And so we prayed. And we got out Google Maps, and it turns out the rural road that's normally longer was the same length because of traffic. I'm like, oh, I'll take length over traffic. Yep. Like, it would not be good for the soul right now to just throw ourselves back into Denver traffic. And so we're going to take the longer route home, which right now is the same amount of time because of the traffic. And it was a kind of transition. There was a graciousness to it. There was a, okay, here we go, you know, even walking into Chipotle to get burritos, which was the shocking thing that Blaine was talking about in civilization and people's taken out faces. And like, I almost ran out the door. It was so shockingly different than the beauty that we had just been in. But I'm like, but even this, like, I'm not in the emergency room. Mm -hmm. You know, like I, I need steps and kindness. And, and so today I am paying for soul care by digging out the extra four days of email and I, I had done about an hour and 15 minutes of it. And, and I was enjoying it. I, I was back. I was present. I, you know, these are people I love for the most part or things I care about. But then about an hour and 15 minutes, I could tell I wasn't doing well. And YouTube had just thrown me the ad for another elk hunting video because it knew I had been watching them. And here's the choice. Will I even be kind enough to myself to just stop for a moment? Or will I keep blasting email for two more hours? That's a choice that's available to me. 
And then what will I use that seven minutes for? You know, will I watch videos? Will I get away from the screen, right? Walk outside, look at what the sky is doing for a moment, get a drink of water, and just do nothing. Just nothing. Not pray, worship, just nothing. Just let your soul do nothing. And transition. It's so good. It feels like the world expects vacation, time away, weekends to almost be like this ramp that you're going to use as momentum for the next things. You're like, well, I got away. I got these four days in the woods. I got all this soul care. Therefore, now I can run twice as fast for a season. But I'm actually like over here grinning at how inefficient you become after doing something like this because you're like, I I don't care about your efficiency. I I realize the cost of it. And if I'm going to maintain this pursuit of soul care that means instead of mowing my yard i'm going to lay a blanket out and lie in the sun even if it totally irritates my wife well, and, for, and we're talking for 15 <laughs> Somebody minutes else totally random example not, it wasn't me 15 minutes right? we're not saying this these are attainable graces yeah, yeah. really the, there are attainable graces and it's so key to frame Sam's experience, which was also my experience of, I need to go out again. Or my second day in the woods, I have this internal dialogue going on of, this isn't working. Mm. This isn't refueling me in the way I need it to. Mm. And we've talked before that thriving for most people on most days is way too high a goal, that it's just relief or survival. But relief and survival don't work. And so I think it's helpful in hearing your stories to rename the mercy of, oh, soul care does not pay off like right away. If if I'm totally exhausted and I rush to the woods for a weekend, I won't come back better. Mm-hmm. But if I do those things like accepting transitions and begin to structure my life differently, mm. my soul really does get better. And Em and I have learned to acknowledge When I'm going to go hunting or I'm going to go do something, we will get hit with some kind of crisis or crushing spiritual warfare when I get back to the point where I resent having done the soul care thing with just this kind of wasn't worth it. And Mm. we have kind of in the past couple years stopped falling for that, just going, no, this isn't my one shot. No, I don't have to come back full. And if it is kind of crazy afterwards, that usually happens. That doesn't mean it's not working or that doesn't mean that God is not protecting it. It just means that it's contested. Exactly. Yeah. You will have to fight for it. Let's just say that. You will have to fight for it. You know, Alex, the 102 temperature and that kind of thing. And it's just so yeah. easy not to yeah. go with the flow of the world. Stay in the pace that everyone's living at. Stay with the number of activities their kids are in. Stay, you know, just... Mm-hmm crank the way everyone else is cranking, you will have to fight for wholeheartedness. You will have to fight for your soul. This is a brutal hour to be human. And there's nothing in the pace or the atmosphere of the world or the kingdom of darkness that is going to encourage you to do these things, right? So we just wanted to say, hey, while we're back and have some clarity, (laughs) I can see clearly now the rain is gone. While we have some clarity, wanted to share some of these stories, some of these thoughts with you, friends. There is a grace of stillness. There is a grace of transitions. There is a grace of beauty. 
God will help you. There's a grace of getting out of your technology for a while. And these graces are available to us. They really actually are. You know, one of the great lies is, I can't change anything. That's just a lie. That's just not true. So, you know what I found fascinating? It's, it, wrapping this up, I, as I'm listening to you guys, I'm remembering I had a very similar kind of clarity when Craig died. Hmm. And it was the clarity of grief. And it's horrible. It's absolutely horrible. But when you are in a state of genuine, profound loss and grief, you can pay attention. Your soul is so um, sensitive. You're just very aware of what works and what doesn't work. And I was amazed at grocery stores were not helpful. Airports were not helpful. Um, my usual dose of movie violence was not helpful. Caffeine and sugar were not helpful. Totally. And I went, holy cow. Like, I know I'm in a heightened state of awareness right now, but the things I'm listening to you are the things that make up most of my, quote, comforts. Yes. Yeah. And go, whoa, wait a second. Like, the, my soul in that state of awareness was really telling me, hey, 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 hey. I know you think those things are comforts, but what you're doing is numbing your soul. You're not restoring your soul. And there's a huge difference between relief and restoration. So it's a hard time to be a human being, folks. We get it. And God cares about your humanity. So you might ask him, Jesus, what do you have for me? What, what do you want to say to me about the absence of transitions in my life, or, or just the lack of any kind of beauty or care, you know, just ask him. Uh, he'll speak. Uh, he cares. Hope you found something in this helpful second part of a two-part series with Alex Burton and Sam and Blaine Eldridge, John here, and you've been listening to the Ransomed Heart Podcast. <laughs>